The songs we love, the songs we hate, the songs we've never heard. What do they all have in common? Music speaks to us in ways we may not realize. Discover how to use what you already have to get what you really want. You're listening to Power of a Positive Playlist on the OBBM Network. Here's your host, John Chester. And welcome back. This is John Chester on the Power of Positive Playlist. Uh, A bit scattered today because I have no excuse. So I'm going to be reading to you from uh, another another chapter. This is actually the preface of my first book called Live Your Worth. And the uh, at least I'm going to be giving the opening story. I worked in psych for 27 years in a variety of settings, and it was a challenging job. It, it put me in the hospital. I was attacked. Uh, I was slapped on a regular basis. <laughs> I had things thrown at me. Uh, uh, I went uh, through a tough phase where I would bring a change of clothes and I kept it in my desk because of, uh, of the things that were just happening with the, this particular group. Nevertheless, it was the best job I ever had. I really loved it. I'm no martyr. Uh, and I certainly didn't enjoy the abuse, but you knew when you were making headway with people, when you confronted them in a loving way and they responded. Now, not everybody did, but when people get it, you can virtually see a light over their head and they, they just, uh, I don't know if I've told this before on this podcast, but uh, just a couple of years ago. I was at the grocery store with my, gosh, she was like seven-year-old at the time. And this girl came up to me. I I don't remember seeing. And she came up to me and she gave me a hug. And, well, first of all, she walks up to me kind of slow and she's kind of checking me out. And I'm going, okay. And she was about 22 or something. She's fairly young. And I was a little worried. And she points at me and she goes, you're that, that that guy from the hospital, which immediately meant the psych hospital. And I went, well, okay. And she goes, your name is like Ivor, which is my middle name, Ivan, something like that. I said, yeah. And she goes, and right now, again, things can get really bad because there were people who didn't like the message, people who would rather be angry than learn. She gets really close to me and then gives me a hug. She goes, thank God. She goes, you really saved my effing life. (laughs) And I went, wow. And that was very sweet. And she bends down and talks to my daughter. And it was really an interesting moment. And that has happened off and on uh, over the years. And I'm very grateful for it. But it's one of those things to where I was given the message because I went through a lot of what they went through. So it was my job, I believe, to turn around and go, look, uh, I stepped in that crap back there. You probably don't want to step in it. Why don't you try going around this way? Okay. But the first thing you always have to learn when you are uh, moving forward is you can't fill a vessel that will not hold anything. In other words, you can't fill in a, a bucket with holes. There's an old song, my bucket's got a hole in it. Okay. So having said all that, here's the story. A while back, I tore down a shed in my backyard and I threw the debris into a truck, grabbed my water bill and driver's license, and I headed to the city dump. As I pulled up to the dump, I passed a broken gate and approached a small shed with a guy half hanging out of the window who was supposed to check for my residency by asking for my water bill and driver's license. Instead, 
he casually waves me through. He wasn't interested in looking at my documentation. He didn't even look at me. So I went in, I dumped my junk, and I left. A few days later, I went to a bank, and and I mean a real bank here, not a branch at a grocery store. As I approached the entrance, there was a sign on the door that said, no hoodies, no sunglasses. I walked into the lobby. I saw cameras at every angle, a vault with a two-foot-thick door, safety deposit boxes, a sophisticated alarm system, bulletproof glass separating me from the customer representative, and there... In the corner is an armed guard. Now, both places offer customer service, the dump and the bank. But what's the big difference? Well, everybody wants what's in the bank. Nobody wants what's in a dump. If, you're, if, if trash was precious, I guarantee you landfills would have security. But if you want to go to the dump and fill your car up with trash... They won't mind. It saves them the hassle of bulldozing it. The ultimate point here is, if it has value in society, it is controlled. Right now, what's controlled most, we see, is information. We see social sites. We see government agencies. We see news outlets controlling information for a purpose. Why? It has value. So in order to do business with the bank, there was an expectation of behavior that did not exist for the dump. One more time. In order to do business with the bank, there was an expectation of behavior that did not exist for the dump. So let me ask you, are you a bank or are you a dump? In other words, are you letting just about anybody into your life where they can do any kind of behavior without any kind of accountability and just up and leave when they want to? Do you value your own self? Do you value your time, your family, your agenda, your priorities and purpose enough to protect them? When I set boundaries, I do it to respect myself, not to offend others. People who Act offended when you say no. And by the way, no, as Annie Lott says, no is a complete sentence. So when I say no, I don't say it because I don't like you more than likely. I do it to protect myself. Because I have my own agendas. I have my own needs. I have my own things I've got to be doing. So are you... Are you limiting access is what this question needs to be. Do you expect a certain respect? Thanks, Aretha. Allow certain behaviors and hold people accountable in a relationship with you. If you know, if you, if you know you could do better at creating boundaries in your relationship, then you're going to have to be the one to do it. Most of us are not taught how to create healthy boundaries. Most of us don't understand fences, walls. We think they're bad things. Oh, we should just let it happen. Okay. These are the people you normally find on the side of the streets. If that offends you, hold on. We'll be back for more. This is John Chester on the Power of Positive Playlists. Here's a fact. Too much of today's journalism is politically biased. So where should you turn to get accurate, leading-edge information that you can trust? The Epic Times. The Epic Times covers the news the way you need it, unfiltered and accurate. 
cutting-edge topics like the danger of the Chinese Communist Party, the pandemic, Russia, the Middle East, the economy, and news you won't hear anywhere else. The Epic Times is free from the influence of governments, corporations, or political parties. You get to form your own opinions. Here's a special introductory offer. You can get one-month subscription to the Epic Times Weekly Print newspaper, as well as unlimited access to their dynamic website for just $1. That's right, $1. Go right now to TrustedNewspaper.com. That's TrustedNewspaper.com to subscribe. Do it now. TrustedNewspaper.com. 1106 Lupo, creative art space for production meetings, rehearsals, and auditions so you can get on with the show. Multiple room choices for up to 20 occupants at unheard of rates. Get on with the show with 1106 Lupo. Call 214-630-7722 to reserve your space today. So the why of your boundaries and what does this have to do with music? Well, it has to do a lot. Okay, I've noticed... When I was working in psych and when I was working with uh, individual clients, I noticed that the people they surrounded themselves with listened to the same music. Okay. You'll rarely find, uh, well, let me, let me start from here. Uh, uh, Somebody smarter than me said that you'll rarely find a person who makes a million dollars hanging around a person who makes minimum wage and you'll and the obverse is true. Minimum wage hanging around with a millionaire. Not because one or the other is snobbish. It's because a belief of systems is or is not in place. So therefore, they don't hang around people who they feel is better than. There's somebody else that said, if you surround yourself with five people and they're all millionaires, you will eventually become a sixth. It's the same thing with music. Okay. If you listen to a certain genre of music that gets a certain response from this group that you're around, be it violence, be it negative self-worth, be it as a a political um, statement of some type, then you're going to get it too. Now, some of y'all are just dying for me to say it's that genre of music. Oh, it's got to be rock or it's got to be hip hop or it's people who kill themselves mostly listen to country western. And no, sorry. Sorry, you don't get that. I'm not the biggest fan of every single one of those genres. I think each one has their own issues. But if you want to point, for example, at hip hop as being nasty, folks, it got its bad manners from rock and roll. Okay. They just changed it around, made it culturally significant for its following, and it goes forward. You can't, you can't sit here and point fingers. It's how it affects the individual. So if I don't care if it's classical music, if you ever found out how many people die in a Wagnerian opera and how they die and there's suicide and all these kind of mystical things that happen to people in these operas, uh, it's pretty gory. Do you know who was inspired by Wagner? That would be Hitler. Does that mean Wagner's music is bad? Nope. Some of it's absolutely stunning. Wagner thought so himself. Matter of fact, he thought he himself to be a god as well. And that's a problem. But it's not the music. It's the consumer and their mental state. And you have to know where you are when you listen to music mentally to be emotionally stable, to be listening to certain kinds of music, to be able to get the goals that you really want. 
So the why of your boundaries, you know, you never invest time with worthless things. You don't put a fence around worthless property. You don't defend something you don't believe in. While back, I was driving through West Texas. I was on a country road and I looked off in the distance and I saw a fence around a field. Now, it wasn't like acreage. It was like 10 foot by five foot. It was tiny. And uh, so, of course, I had to pull over and, and went down this road and, and found out. And it was, of course, a cemetery. The original inhabitants of the property were long gone. The house was abandoned and it was a family cemetery. They had put a um, wire fence around the cemetery of their ancestors. They found that to be sacred, which means separate as well and holy ground. And so they put a fence around it, not to keep people from, say, stealing it, but just to make it a memorial. And it was, it was of worth, even though it was in, uh, no intrinsic worth, it was, it was of worth to them. <sighs> even the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, this is not a Bible session, but that's true in anybody's life. If you like something that's harmful, you're going to be thinking about that and it's going to cause more harm. If you're thinking about something that is a goal for you, like moving to Cancun or moving to uh, some place that you've always dreamt of, I'd love to move back to uh, East Texas, live among the piney woods. I think that'd be beautiful. Okay. That's where my thoughts are. And therefore my actions as often as I, as I can reflect that. And I'm working to get to East Texas. So, as we've discussed in other podcasts, there is a critical difference between power and force. Power, as I said before, just is. It just is. There is power. Some people have power. Actually, I believe all people have power. Just a lot of people don't take up that power because it can be like a tool and they refuse to take it up. However, force is an incomplete system and it requires something to push against. Music choices affect you on a subconscious level, which will then affect your belief, which affects your purpose and affects your actions, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, which will then affect your results. Okay. Things that happen to you in life are not your fault often. Okay. You know, COVID happens. Somebody gets in an accident in your family. Somebody gets sick. You get sick with broken legs. It's, it's not your fault, perhaps. Okay. How you respond to that moment, though, is entirely in yours. It is entirely your responsibility and how you're going to manage that. The genre of music that you listen to can affect the group of people, as I mentioned, that follow that genre. So it's not often you find people who really love, say, death metal attending a classical music concert. And it certainly happens, I guess. But you don't have a lot of raves happening down at the concert hall. So if you are emotionally vulnerable, you internalize music differently than an emotionally stable person. You will take it at a greater sense of believability, which can be a negative thing if the music you listen to is, in, is encouraging poor mental health or physical, physically un, unhealthy habits. And remember, the younger you are, 
and the more emotional investment you put into the music. Let me say that again. I don't think I said that quite right. The younger you are, the more emotional investment you put into the music. And the more that investment, the greater the expectation of return becomes. That's why you don't see a lot of, say, 50-year-old women screaming uh, at a concert because their emotions are in a different place. Whereas the front row is normally packed with uh, people screaming at the artist and such because they, they have that emotional investment going on. So we're going to talk about how this affects you with depression and addiction and other mental health issues and how it can change that with your music. We'll be right back. This is John Chester on the Power of Positive Playlist. When it's time to perform, it's too late to practice. First Safety Training in DFW supports local communities and churches through firearms training and nonviolent dispute resolution training. Understand the laws related to weapons and deadly force, handgun use and safety, and proper storage practices. A trained and licensed gun-carrying citizen will react quicker to protect themselves and others. Call 214-808-9757 to schedule your introduction to handguns, license to carry, active shooter, church security, and survival training. Be prepared for the best possible outcome of a weaponized attack. Make sure the law is on your side in the event deadly force is necessary. Call 214-808-9757 and work with former law enforcement trainers and range officers. Meet all municipal, county, state, and federal regulations. Understand your gun and how to care for it properly. Call First Safety Training at 214-808-9757 today. Welcome back. This is John Chester. Having worked again in psych for so long, the main issue is always addiction. Excuse me. Depression and addiction and other mental health issues. And those things warp the way that music is internalized as well. It affects the way it is processed and the way that it is followed through on a daily basis. People instill belief because music speaks on an emotional level. Several years ago, I was working at a rehab uh, clinic for post-surgery patients. I walked into this one room. It was dark because uh, I was staying late. It was about 6.30. And so it was winter time here in Texas and it was already dark out. And uh, there was only one light on in the room. And it was this... Um, this older woman, she was about 101 years old. And I walk in, I was tired. I had a long day. And when you're in a setting like that, most of the time you don't get any kind of feedback. You just go in, you sing your songs, you try and figure out what kind of music they like. Uh, often their charts will say something about their upbringing. Like they like hymns or they, they sang in a band or something. And, uh, this one woman, uh, was, uh, a member of a choir and a gospel quartet when she was much younger, used to sing at the old arbors and the shape notes and the stamps Baxter quartet would come through her, her area of the state. Anyway, she was laying there just skin and bone, her, her, you could see her blood flow through her veins, very light and thready. And the most amazing thing about her though, is she lay in an, in a, 
in a fetal position was that she had long hair, long gray and white hair. Now, why is that odd? Because at nursing homes, they cut hair and they don't let people have long hair. Hers was almost down to her, her waist for a hundred year old woman. That's shocking. So I kind of look over her and I, I knew that she liked these old gospels. So I started singing, you know, the standards, uh, the old rugged cross and, uh, in the garden and things like that. And after about singing 10, 15 minutes, I said, okay, I've done my time. I'm, I'm going to go home to myself. And I stood up and as I did, I heard this voice say, that's nice. Sing another. And I, okay. So I, fine. I, I, so I sang her another and we went around like this for about another 10, 15 minutes, except she started adding words to it. Like you were flat. That was flat. You sang that one flat. Why did you do this flat? <laughs> and I was like, so I'm staying late to sing to this woman and she's going to be critical. If I need critiques, I'll go home. My wife's a musician. She could do that for me. Then uh, she started laughing and she told me some stories and she told me about her beliefs and how it affected her, her music choices. And it told me about how it affected her faith. And uh, she wanted to be prayed for. And so I did. And I went home. I charted on her and uh, left. Like I said, I went home. Next morning, I got a call from my supervisor that said I needed to come up immediately because State was in the uh, hospital and I needed to fix a chart. And I said, well, who's, what did I do wrong? And she goes, on that lady you were with last night. And that lady's name, by the way, was Pebble, not Pebbles, Pebble. So I I said, well, what did I do wrong? And she said that she spoke to you last night. Pebble hadn't talked to anybody in 10 years. There was no recorded conversations. There was no healthcare conversations, no reminiscing, no memories, no family that would visit her. They were all gone. She talked to me, not because I'm super duper therapist, because of the music. So I went back up there and I drug my supervisor who I didn't drag her. She actually went in there rather self-expectant. And when I went in there, she crosses her arms and stands at the door and I start singing to Pebble and Pebble said nothing. <laughs> and I sang another one and Pebble said nothing. And my supervisor started to leave. And as she did, Pebble says, who's that lady at the door? <laughs> and I said, that's my supervisor. She doesn't think you can talk. She goes, I talk to whoever I damn well want to. And I said, okay, Pebble, you don't have to talk to her. And she goes, I don't want to get out. And I said, Okay, I'll get out. She goes, no, you stay and sing another one and don't sing it flat. <laughs> so I sang her a few more songs. She was all alone. She treated people a bit rough. But what she had left in life was music and faith. She made choices in her life to the very end that showed that music could alter her and those around her to a point that it improved her state of life, her actions. Can we ask for anything less? I don't think so. We can get more out of life by choosing quality music. What is that music? That's up to you. My question to you, though, is, is the music you're listening to right now going to get you where you want to be? 
as far as, is it going to get you a better job? Is it going to get you better finances? Is it going to get you better people in your life? Is it going to get you a better relationship with God? Is it going to get you better in with your, your relationships with the, the opposite sex? Is it going to be something that it really improves your life in such a way that you can turn around and say, when I chose different music and made it made, it gave me different choices, it gave me different actions and got me different results. Music is that kind of power. It is never a force until it becomes negative. You make that choice. You want more information? You can find me at iverchester.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Iverchester. And I've got other podcasts around here. I appreciate your time. Please contact me with questions, comments. If you think it's uh, something you'd like to find out more information about, I'd love to hear from you. Until then, folks. This is John Chester on the OBBM Network and the Power of Positive Playlist. God bless you. You've been listening to Power of a Positive Playlist with music therapist and life coach John Ivor Chester on the OBBM Network podcast. Power of a Positive Playlist airs each Monday and Wednesday at noon central and 5 p.m. central on OBBM radio in the Offbeat Business app or get the OBBM Network podcast on demand in podcast directories everywhere. For more insight or to book John for speaking or hire John for your therapeutic environments, go to IvorChester.com. 